Welcome to Jumpstart Your Joy. This season is all about intentional comfort, and we'll be taking a look at the crossroads of the inspiration, intention, and action that you can take to bring more comfort and joy to your everyday. This is your host, Paula Jenkins. Welcome to Jumpstart Your Joy. This week on the show, I am so excited to be joined by Andrea Scher, who has been on the show before. She was with us in season two in episode 87. And in this new conversation, we are going to be talking about her book, Wonder Seeker, 52 Ways to Wake Up Your Creativity and Find Your Joy. Oh my goodness. So it's really a delight to have her on the show. I'm so honored that she reached out to join me and really excited to share this conversation with all of you because it is so good. Andrea Scher is an artist, an author, and a big believer in the transformative power of creativity. She is also the host of the Creative Superheroes podcast, which is one of my favorites to listen to. And I love Andrea's energy and just the joy and wonder that she brings to everything she does. Before we get to this conversation, I want to give you all a very warm welcome and say thank you so much for tuning in. To jumpstart your joy, I am so in love with this season's theme of intentional comfort. It is amazing the things that are happening and the comments that I'm getting from all of you about how this is really resonating with you. So thank you so much for reaching out. If you're new to the show, welcome, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. And you can find out everything you need to know about the show over at the website, which is jumpstartyourjoy.com. And you can also find the episode notes, which will have links over to all of Andrea's work, her amazing book, all of her programs, that will all be on the website. Or if you're listening within your podcasting app, it will be right in there too. If you want to visit the website for it though, it's at jumpstartyourjoy.com. While you're on the website, please be sure and check out my own book, which is Jumpstart Your Joy, Heart-Centered Ways to Find Joy in the Messy Middle. It is now available in hard copy and e-copy. So check that out. Give it a download. I'd love to hear what you think. And of course, you can sign up for the newsletter there as well. I'll send you some joyful thoughts and things. It's a lot of fun to be signed up over there. So let's just jump in here. I am so delighted to have Andrea back. I love her energy and I love the explorative and curious nature with which you will hear throughout this conversation. So she is releasing Wonder Seeker 52 Ways to Wake Up Your Creativity and Find Your Joy. And it is such a treat to get to hear her talk about how the book came about. I'm always interested in the origins of things. And it's also a total delight to hear about some of the very joyful activities that she is listing in her book that you can try on. It's such an amazing book because you can kind of jump in and out. It's not like a linear format, but it's got all of these beautiful ideas of how to bring more wonder and creativity and joy to your days beautiful to look at. So I'm really excited to have it in the world. And I'm also so excited that she's sharing some of the ideas with us this week in this episode of how you can, you know, dip into that wonder and curiosity for your own life. I feel like there's such a strong connection with wonder and joy. They kind of go hand in hand and feed each other. So it's so much fun to dive in with Andrea on all of this, (laughs) on this whole topic. So without any further ado, let's just get on to it. Welcome to the show, Andrea Share. Thanks, Paula. And yeah, I love it. We're just, it's, this is like the to be continued conversation. <laughs> we just can, st- I don't know where we left off, but it'll be our part two. I like it. It is part two. And 
I love you have just written a book, Wonder Seeker, 52 Ways to Wake Up Your Creativity and Find Your Joy. Mm. So, of course, I was super honored that you reached out to, to be here and, mm. and talk about this amazing book. So thank you. Uh, of course, we're so kindred. I had to be on your show for this one. So good. Since you already answered the question about what brought you joy as a child, I feel like maybe just asking you what unexpected place offered you some wonder or joy in the last 18 months? Mm, Actually, yeah. So I have a good answer for that. So in the last 18 months, like during COVID, (laughs) everyone in the neighborhood got a pandemic puppy. Maybe that happened in your neighborhood too. Yes. Yeah. And I love dogs, but I rent and we're not allowed to have a dog. And I'm not even sure I want a dog, but I love dogs. And so I started hanging out at the dog park up the street in the evenings, not Mm -hmm. every evening, but a lot of evenings. And it is the most joyful place in the world. I am convinced. And everyone gathers, like all my neighbors gather and all the dogs. There's like 20 dogs there every night, the magic hour, super (laughs) beautiful. And these dogs are so happy (laughs) to be running around and be outside and to be playing with their friends. And they're such joyful creatures. And I feel like I just learned so much about unabashed enthusiasm from them and friendliness and openness and, and, and all those things. I just, I love being in dog energy. It's so good. Yes. It's so true. We have a dog. He's four. So he was not a pandemic puppy, but we have reflected uh, our family about how it has been uh, really meaningful and lovely that we've had him through this time because it, mm-hmm. it did feel like there were moments where, you know, everything just felt hard and weird and awful. And we were like, but the dog is like, he wants to play. And so he's one of those things that would draw us out and, mm. you know, get us laughing and encourage us to cuddle or whatever it was. Mm. So <laughs> Such good medicine, right? So good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and just the community of it too. I love that you brought that up because our little park over here has definitely become the meeting place and we got to know our neighbors really well. That's like another source of unexpected joy that I've experienced in the last couple of years is everyone's home everybody's walking laps around the neighborhood, just like I am. Mm -hmm. And so all these people started to emerge that I'd never seen before, or I got to know people because there was this sort of softness around the culture because of the pandemic. It's like, there was permission to talk to your neighbors and talk to strangers because you were all going through this really intense thing together. And you were all in this very kind of vulnerable moment together. And so those barriers softened kind of naturally And suddenly I'm like in love with all my neighbors because I I finally got to know them. Yeah. And there was a sense of we're in it together and we have each other's backs. And like even the other week when power went out in the Bay Area, it went out at like seven and our neighbors are like, oh, we're going to run out and get some takeout. Do you guys want me? And my husband and I looked at each other and we're like, we have an entire casserole. We just like we were going to save for leftovers and it's just it's still warm. It's so we just texted him back and we're like, would you like some chicken casserole? Come on over. Like, oh my gosh, that's so sweet. Right. Like, like that's the world we want to live in more yes. of the time. Yes. Yeah. And so it's been really, you know, been really cool to get to have those experiences. Mm. And I think it also teaches our kids something different about like this, this is all possible. This is a world we could be in and we are now in. Right. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Right. And 
a lot of, you know, a lot of, of course, the last 18 months has been really stressful and anxiety producing, and there's been a lot of grief and it really worked for my nervous system in the sense that things slowed down and simplified. I didn't have to say yes to invitations anymore <laughs> to yeah. go anywhere. And like, there was a thing that like, I really thrived in this very simplified version of life and slowed down version. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's juicy stuff right there. And that's that kind of thing. I feel like we were all, even before the pandemic, probably longing for something that was more simple and more comforting and more easeful. And that's so my last season, of course, was about the messy middle and like, how do we find joy there? But now this, I feel like is hopefully the bookend to it of like, how do we find intentional comfort? Not just the, not the relationship we have with our couch and Netflix or whatever other numbing out thing we might do, but like, no, no, like how do we get in there and like allow ourselves to relax and do something that is truly mindfully, intentionally comforting for ourselves. Mm. So I think there's a lot of crossover between that and wonder and delight, because when we get quiet and we allow ourselves to experience it, then that, I think there is a deep comfort from that. Mm. Um, your book, of course, Wonder Seeker, did you start pre-pandemic or how did this book come about now? Yeah. So for a number of years, I was teaching an online course called Cultivating Wonder. Mm, yeah. And it was a really fun topic. It was like, ooh, there's something here for me that has some lasting power. Like this isn't just like a one-off thing. I felt like, oh my God, I just want to keep talking about this. And this is like a doorway for me where, you know, I, I'm one of those sort of multi-passionate creatures and I've, I'm a life coach. I'm an artist. I'm a photographer. I'm a jewelry designer. Like I'm a painter. Like, and I always sort of thought, gosh, why can't I just be one thing? And why can't I simplify? And why do I have to do all these things? And somehow wonder showed up for me as this thread, like, Ooh, that could be the thread that's weaving through my life. And all these things are the forms that it takes, but wonder is what I'm really excited about, like helping people cultivate wonder and experience more of it, more wonder, more joy, more delight in their life inside of the messiness that is a life. So it's mm -hmm. not stepping over what's hard or what's difficult. It's actually moving toward those things when they show up. It's moving toward everything that shows up. It's being present with what shows up. Mm -hmm. That's sort of how it was born as far as my work goes. And then it was just the, the kismet of finding an agent in the fall of 2019 and then finishing my book proposal with her. She started shopping it in 2020, about a month into quarantine. And that was the perfect moment because publishers were like, oh, we need this. This is medicine for this moment. Mm -hmm. This is something that we actually need. And because the wonder that I talk about and want to encourage in people is really the everyday kind, it isn't like, I'm going to fly to, you know, Barcelona and experience the wonder of like the Gaudi architecture or whatever. That's not what I'm talking about. This is like, how do you experience wonder at the grocery store and in your very ordinary routine life? Like, how do you step outside of that routine, put on your little wonder goggles and see the world anew? That's yeah. what I'm excited about. Mm, yes. And I know, I mean, in my, my own book, one of the things that I explored was well, and over the last season, but like 
that idea that it was almost like some of what I was calling it kind of bed in the bag versions of joy, which was like things that were pre created for us, like amusement parks or cruises or like big parties, like those things all fell away. And so then there was that maybe a void of those things, but then it gave us this opportunity to look for the things. How do I either find the the values of those things that were bringing me joy and bring those into my life in a new way? How can I use the void of those things to reevaluate what right. is missing? And I, and wonder and delight are like the perfect. Yeah. And there was so much wonder and delight if we could yeah. get, if we could step back from the emotion of feeling overwhelmed or, or frightened or full of fear, mm-hmm. like, you know, even I'm looking out at my artichoke plant, which is now growing again. I feel like it's a daily update on this show or a weekly update <laughs> about how your plant's doing Yeah, this artichoke. Like it goes oh, crazy nice. and it is a delight. Like it's, how does it get so big? Like, right. how does yeah. it give us food? <laughs> right. Well, and yeah. to your point about, you know, it's what you're talking about kind of where we put our attention, right? Like mm-hmm. it's like, it's not that we are putting our head in the sand. It's like, you know, we're not listening to the news or we're not knowing what's happening in the world. It's actually, um, I like to use the metaphor of meditation, like in a sitting meditation, one of the first things you noticed when you notice when you sit and it's difficult to sit for a long time and just watch your thoughts, right. You start to notice where your body hurts. Mm-hmm. So you're like, uh, I'm uncomfortable. My back is tight. My knee hurts. And I don't know how long I can sit here and you get kind of crabby. And that's like the first thing that comes up, you know, on your radar. And then I love this question of like, what else is here? And what else is here is like, huh, 95% of my body feels great and always feels great, frankly. So that's cool to notice. And I love asking that question in the more macro of our life. It's like, we can put our attention on all the things that are wrong and there are plenty of them, but this book is really about like, and what else is there? What else is there that you're missing? And what else can you be putting your attention on that would enrich your life and make it more vibrant and more delightful? Yes. And therefore more, you become more resilient. Like we can't be resilient if all we're doing is worrying about the future and lamenting the present, right? Precisely. Yeah. And I think that necessity of both noticing times in difficult times, like what is joyful, but also then layering in that space of making time for the wonder and the delight, like Mm -hmm. that became so apparent to me when I had Julia Samuels on and she's a, she's an expert in grief pediatric grief even, which is like, Ooh, so hard. Mm -hmm. And she was really like one of the messages that sticks with me through. I mean, especially when things are really hard, we have to allow ourselves that mindful time to then kind of indulge in Mm -hmm. the delight that we also know is like, is on the other side of, of grief or hardness. So, right. Well, and it's also sometimes inside of grief or hardness. Mm -hmm. So I was surprised because I had this class called cultivating wonder for so many years, just recently, like a month ago, I thought, I wonder if anyone else is using that term. And so I Googled it. And the first thing that came up was an article that Mark Nepo wrote. And he's Mm. this amazing writer and poet. Do you know Mark Nepo? No, I don't. No, I don't. Oh, he's super amazing. He's one of Oprah's, you know, people or whatever. And he wrote this essay called cultivating wonder. And it was all about his last days with his father who was dying. Mm. And of course, there was so much tenderness and so much 
sadness in those moments folded in and grief folded into these days that he had with him. But what he talked about was the wonder that he experienced in those days also. Mm -hmm. That feels almost edgy to say, but I think it's true. I think there's always this kind of full spectrum in our experiences and in our lives as a whole. And we don't always have access to all of them, but I think that this is a lot about increasing our range of what we can hold in the sense that like the Brene Brown sense of if you numb your pain, you're also numbing your joy. Yep. Right. So this is an invitation to be more intimate with life and be in more intimate with yourself and your own emotions so that we can include wonder. We can include joy because we've included the things that are harder to be with. Right. Yes. Right. And easier said than done. Like I'm not in the throes of grief at the moment. Um, although I know grief very well. So yeah. Yeah. And In your book, I know you call those of us who delight in wonder, the wonder seekers. How do you describe that, that person? And if someone's listening and they're like, yeah, I want to be a wonder seeker. (laughs) Like, What what does that mean? (laughs) So the way I think of it is like someone who's curious, Mm. who delights easily or wants to be delighted by life. So there's an openness, an openness to be moved and delighted there's kind of an open-hearted quality. I find that in with that open-hearted quality, there's a kind of kindness or love that comes through. What else? Yeah. It's someone who actively looks for what's beautiful and what's good and what they can appreciate. And, and I think we all have the capacity to be wonder seekers. And it's really a matter of like, can we manage our own cynicism Can we manage our own inner critics or negativity or the things that get in the way so that we can live in this way that is more joyful, I guess. And if someone is listening and they're like, hmm, either right now, like I'm kind of tuning in because I feel like I need that or, Mm -hmm. or maybe my version of it as a human would be like, I love that. And I think the hardest part is when I feel myself falling into cynicism Mm -hmm. sometimes like either because I'm triggered or there's just been like a series of things that happen in a day and you're like, I'm done. How do you work through that? Or how have you seen people work through that? Yeah. Well, first I want to say that, you know, noticing what you're feeling is like, that's the practice. It's kind of like when you're, again, when you're meditating, The practice is actually coming back to the breath after you've noticed you've gone off the rails and you're thinking about, you know, what's for lunch later, right? And you're like, oh, I'm thinking about what's for lunch. Let me bring it back to the present, to my body, to my breath. So in that sense, it's like noticing, wow, I'm feeling really crappy right now. You know, I do these sort of check-ins in the morning where I put my hand on my heart and I just kind of ask myself like, okay, like what's alive in me today? And I tune in and sometimes I'm like, Ooh, what's that like weird, achy buzzing in my chest? I'm like, Oh, I'm afraid. And they'll ask myself like, okay, what are you afraid of? It's like, I'm afraid about money. I'm afraid that everything's going to fall apart, like whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And then I try to be with that part of me. It's like, yeah, of course you're afraid you're an artist in the Bay area. 
and it's scary. Everything's really expensive here, right? Mm -hmm. You don't know how you're going to pay for college for your kids. Like I get it, you know, and like be a friend to that part of me. Mm -hmm. So that's one practice that I bring in, but I guess to answer your question, it's like, yeah, it's not about looking on the bright side and being like, oh, come on, cheer up. No, it's like, we meet those moments with consciousness and friendliness. And then we can more easily move through them because they're designed to be moved through emotions. I are, they have that word motion in them. And what I've heard from the research is that if you can bear to be with a hard emotion for 90 seconds, it will probably pass after 90 seconds. Right. Yeah. Well, cause the fear is always, Oh, it's going to engulf me. I don't know how to find my way out. I, it's right. going to be too much. I'm going to, yeah. get swallowed up. Yeah. 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 And then also I want to say too, it's being discerning about what are like actual feelings that you need to feel and what are just those like fear and inner critic stuff. That's just noise. And that you Mm -hmm. can probably be like, you know what? I don't really need to listen to you right now. I'm going to put my attention somewhere else. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think for all of us, there are those things that feel, and it's so interesting because I was talking about this in the context of hard to do for your business with Jacqueline Jackson, who's a recent guest, but she was talking about how she, uh, she figured out that answering the phone, she does home inspections, but like answering the phone for her was one of the things like she'd get so engaged with the people. It was hard to say no, she'd want to pick it up at 10 PM. So she was like, I'm just going to give this to someone else to take care of. And the, the takeaway for me there was similar to like what you're saying is knowing that there's these things about our about our personalities or past events in our lives that sometimes things get, just get to us, get under our skin. And then there is a whole pattern of, of negative talk or, or like <laughs> doubt and fear that gets kicked in. And you're like, you know, it's either, then you get into the, that weird fight or flight where you're like, I know there's no danger, but somehow I'm now mad at X, Y, Z. And, right. and I think it's so interesting to become present to those things. It's, it's very interesting to let yourself take those 90 seconds and take the step back because then oftentimes you're like, there's, there is no reason for fight or flight. I don't know why I'm so like triggered by this thing. Mm. uh, Yeah. And you know, one of the neuropsychologists that I mentioned in the, in wonder seeker is Dr. Rick Hansen, who's here in Berkeley. Mm -hmm. And he wrote a book called Buddha's brain and hardwiring happiness. And so I love his research. And so there's something called the negativity bias, right? And that is this holdover from a time when we had to be very vigilant. We could be eaten by, you know, predators like tigers or something. And so we were always scanning our environment for what's wrong. Mm-hmm. We still do that. We're still scanning for what's wrong in a world that is generally pretty safe as far as our, you know, whatever physical survival Mm-hmm. In, in a given moment. And so he says that to kind of level the playing field, we need to practice scanning for what's good and what's working and deepen those neural pathways so that we can be more resilient. So one of the practices that I offer in the book is called wonder spotting. Mm. And it's just, just a really simple practice that, you know, is a kind of an, came out of my little photo walks I would take as a photographer but it's really just like literally 10 minutes, you walk around the block, you notice like, okay, what have I never seen before? What's beautiful? (laughs) What's interesting? 
What's like the tiniest thing that I can find that's beautiful? What are the sounds happening right now that I've never noticed? Mm -hmm. And these are some of the ways that we can literally train our brain to scan for things other than what's not working. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. And wondering too, like, how can I make this magical? That's one of the things I love to do. That's a nice question. Cause like, that's one of my values is integrity, magic, and expertise. So, Mm. and there's this kind of a weird little trio, but (laughs) it works. And the thing that I've even found in the last couple of days is I've been cleaning out a closet, you know, and there's like these two bags of, uh, I'm calling them uh, sentimental clothing, some great sentimentals, you know, and some like with negative, but Mm. the ones that I'm like, I don't, I, my heart is saying, I don't need to keep some of like these. I'll I'll just share a sorority sweatshirt. Mm. Well, I'll be darned if two days ago, a friend from high school didn't post on Instagram that his daughter just pledged the same house. Oh my gosh. So I was like, I have not talked to this person in years. I DM'd him. I said, I know this is totally random. Mm -hmm. I have a sweatshirt and a t-shirt that are in pretty good, you know, state of being. Would your daughter like them? And he's like, holy cow. Yes. So now look, it's this like little sweet, like magical exchange. Mm. And I feel like I'm blessing them with something. I mean, because this was my favorite sweatshirt, I'll be honest. Mm. So it's kind of like, oh, but yes, it's time. But like, there's magic in that little bit. Like that's wonder and delight. Like absolutely. Right. And you're touching on two of the ways that I hold wonder. One is the wonder of connection. Like there's this wonder that happens between people. That's so exciting and sacred and beautiful. And then there's the wonder of like an everyday magic, like Mm -hmm. the serendipity of you're like, Hmm, am I willing to let go of this like sentimental piece of clothing? And then you get this invitation to be generous (laughs) with this young person. Like that's so cool. How did that happen? Yeah. Well, and just looking at it and going, that can't just be coincidence. I at least had the the goggles on to be looking for it, so to speak. But right. yeah, I think it's true magic too. And I cannot wait to send it off. Like <laughs> I just Aww. washed it last night. So God bless Gemma. I hope you love it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I know you have a bunch of exercises in the book that, oh, I just loved reading it. And of course, uh, again, with the, um, the way magic happens, Number, I think 44 was like one of my favorites. Is that true? But which one is it? Number 44 is go off script. Yes. I don't, yes. And it's too. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and 44 is my magic number. It's my birthday, April 4th. So it was no surprise that I was like, oh, yes. But like, let's talk about going off script because I thought that one and some of your stories around it were so gorgeous. And the thing that like going off script especially in times when we're stuck in our homes or like, we feel like we're stuck in a routine. I think this is like a really good one to unlock some sacred Mm. magic. Okay. Yes. I'm so excited. You asked about this one. So I thought of this idea going off script because I read this book by Chip and Dan Heath, but it was basically about what makes ideas sticky and what makes memories memorable. And, and often it's like, there's a story and the story is like, somebody went off script and created something magical. That's why we remember these things. And Mm -hmm. so like these authors, they work with companies and stuff to try to create story in the company and try to create magical things so that people buy their stuff. So there's like a whole strategy there. But the way I was thinking about it is like, oh my gosh, that's what some of my favorite people in my life have gifted me over the years. Mm. So 
when I was in high school, my high school boyfriend picked me up for my winter formal and my friend and I were like finishing putting on our makeup and we heard this funny music outside. We're like, what's that? We went to the window and it's the ice cream man. And there's the ice cream man music coming into the driveway. And we're like, okay, oh, that's my goodness. weird. And then our dates, my date and her date got out of the ice cream truck. And I'm like, oh my God, they're picking us up in an ice cream truck. And the ice cream man is driving us to the prom. How cool is that? So cool. Oh my God. It's like the coolest thing ever. Like, how did he even think of that? So he had tracked down the ice cream man and asked him, you know, can I pay you to drive a chauffeur us to this prom? And the ice cream man was delighted and we had this adventure and we were passing by our friends who were in limousines and we're like, peace out. We're in an ice cream truck. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It was so much fun. And I've told that story so many times because it's so, you know, so whimsical and it's so fun and it's so joyful. Yeah. And that is one example of going off script. Right. Well, and I love too, that you like, I think some of the language you used in the book was like, and that you were delighting that you were living in the adventure. Like, yes, it was like, oh my gosh. I mean, so I feel like it's that one, two punch of like, this is totally off script and oh my gosh, I'm soaking it up. Like not everyone stops to soak it up. Yes. Yes, exactly. There've been different times in my life where it occurs to me inside of the moment, like I am living inside a story. This is so cool. I'm living inside of this story that's unfolding and I know I'm going to be telling it forever. Right. Or yes. just like going back to it in my mind, like I'll share one if you, if you don't mind, like we yeah. were at Sea Ranch, which is one of our very favorite places. And so this is actually a two-piece story. Mm-hmm. When some of our, our neighbors, um, they, they sadly passed on and some of our other neighbors were helping people go through the things that were left and some to go on to a, sta- a sale and all that. And there are these two paintings. And I was like, this is Sea Ranch. I know this is from Sea Ranch. Oh. And so I looked up the painter who'd signed it. And sure enough, she she had worked up there. Like she was part of the arts community up there. And so when we were last up there, I was like, let's go to that beach. And I realized as we were sitting on the beach, I was sitting in my painting that's oh. in our house now. And I'm like, I feel like I am Mary Poppins. Like I oh got <laughs> in to a painting and I am like living in it. And my husband and son were like, what are you, what is going on here? And I'm like, I just want to be here forever. Oh, <laughs> all the serendipity of it was so incredible in the moment. That's a wonder moment for you. Yeah. I love that. It's and you know, it's true also that these wonder moments that find us, there's a, an element of surprise often with wonder and they're often very specific to us and our spirit. Your partner and your son didn't experience what you experienced in that moment. It was your moment of wonder. Right. And you can't, you know, put someone in front of the Grand Canyon and expect them to experience wonder. Like so true. Yeah. They may or may not. They might be really hot and be like, I hate it here in Arizona. It's too hot, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I love that. And maybe even the ice cream truck thing could have been lost on someone else. They maybe they could be embarrassed. Like I wanted to be the person in the limousine. Right. Who knows? Right. It was magical for me beyond anyone else. I don't even know if it was as magical for anyone else as it was for me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think it's amazing. So how can, so if they're like, yeah, I want to ride in that, the proverbial ice cream truck. Mm. How do we, how do we sink into that? Like, Mm. I think it has to do with curiosity. Right. But like, Mm. but there's something else there. It's a little bit of magic. It's also taking a risk, but like, how do we get into going Mm. off script? 
Yeah. I mean, I think it takes some, some spontaneity, some letting go, some like surrender. I'm making this up as I am, as <laughs> talking to you. Frankly, I've never yeah. asked myself this particular question, but one of the examples I, I share in the book is maybe like you're picking up your kid from school, like you do a thousand times. And instead of going home and making dinner and them doing their homework, maybe you're like, you know what, should we go to a movie right now and have popcorn for dinner? And they would be like, Oh my God. Yes. At least my child for sure would. And that is going off script. Like that is probably giving them a memory forever. They Mm -hmm. might always remember that time as like, Oh my God, my mom was so wonderful and creative. And one night we did this, right? And that's a simple thing. It's like letting go of your routinized, your default way of moving in the world and doing, like I have mentioned, like putting on your wonder goggles and being like, huh, is there a way that I can infuse more magic or joy or wonder into our life today? So it's like a pivot of attention. Yeah. And I think it also, I feel like when you say yes, is, is it also usually unexpected kind of for the, the one who's announcing it, like the mom who's saying, let's just go to the movies and eat popcorn. I feel like if I said that, I'd, I'd be surprising myself a little. Yes, me too. <laughs> right. Cause I'm the mom who just picks the kid up and is like, we're going home and you're let's doing do your homework. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, there's an efficiency about that. Like wonder yeah. is efficient necessarily. Mm. Yes. Wonder, it, yeah. Right. Like th- it requires something. And what I'm arguing in the book, cause I'm asking myself this question as I'm writing this book, like throughout the book, like how do we create better conditions for this incredibly beautiful emotion to arise in us more often? Mm-hmm. And I suggest that what we do is we try to put ourselves in the way of wonder more often and a certain kind of like using your imagination and using creative practices to sort of prime you to be in that space. So you can easily find your way into that flow, that wonder flow. Yes. Yes. I love that because especially if we are just easing our way into routine and the sense that we just are getting through our days, which I feel like it's so easy to do. There's no judgment in that at all, Mm -hmm. but just realizing that, yes, if we make a few small choices, we can also then drop that routine and maybe add something else in. And it really is a choice. And it's always a mindful choice. It is. Yeah, it is. And so I guess, you know, I, I, this, this book is really like, you don't have to do all the activities. It it actually, Mm -hmm. what my hope is that even just by reading the book or looking through it, it takes you somewhere new, like, Oh, right. And you're sort of remembering maybe a younger part of you, a part of you that used to move through the world in a different way. Mm -hmm. The you, you know, before you had all these heavy responsibilities and before you were anxious, like I am, like we all are. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that part is still there. And as you were just saying that, like remembering it, it does feel like something that's very attached to childhood. And, you know, there was so much wonder in reading. I feel like it's, it's so close to things like the secret garden and little house on the prairie and like things where it felt like there were so many possibilities Mm. and it does feel like sometimes in adulthood, we get, we stop remembering that there's still so many possibilities. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, actually here, this is a great example of 
is of really actively creating those better conditions to put yourself in the way of wonder, as I said. Mm -hmm. So a friend of mine who I walk with often, I was telling her about one of the activities in the book, which is to make a wonder list. Mm -hmm. so I have a bucket list for very specifically for wonder. So see the Northern lights is on my wonder mm -hmm. list. And one of the things at that moment that was on my wonder list was seeing bioluminescent algae. And she was like, you know, you can do that in Tamales Bay, which is only an hour away. And I was like, really? I don't think I knew that. <laughs> I didn't know that. Right? <laughs> yeah. It's close by. So she looked up the season because there's a very specific season where that's happening, where mm -hmm. these like algae, you know, are primed for this thing. And um, it has to be a moonless night. So there's all these different you know, conditions, but she was having a birthday coming up and it was falling right in the middle of that season. And so she ended up gathering me and a bunch of other friends for this like guided kayak tour at midnight in the middle of Tamales Bay. And it was the most magical thing maybe I've ever experienced. It was incredible. That is so cool. Oh and my God. I mean, I love that you said it. And then a friend is like, they're in the dance with you. They're like, oh yeah. And here's where we can see it. Right. And my birthday's coming up and like, heck yeah, let's do that for my birthday. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and it does take you creating that list and then sharing it with others. Like there's wonder in that because you're inviting them into the, the excitement of it too. Yes. Like, oh yeah, it's exactly. so simple. Right. And she was saying in that very conversation, oh my God, like I used to live my life this way. I used to pursue magic this way. Mm -hmm. And I haven't in at least 20 years. And so she was remembering this sort of lost part of herself that was you know, a world traveler and she would go to the rainbow gatherings or wherever she would go. She was just like, she was a yeah. little nomad. And I think how old everybody is who's listening. I'm about to be 50 next week. And as I get older, I forget about those parts of myself, the part of myself that just like to wander yeah. in a city without any destination. Mm, yeah. You know? I like, love that. Like that part. And so this is sort of reclaiming something too, reclaiming some part of us that is so nourishing and so juicy and so alive. Yeah. And I love that, that, whatever that little nugget of feeling is kind of what I'm after as far as like intentional comfort. It's not the thing where we're just numbing out on whatever, whatever flavor that is for someone that like I've watched all of whatever the bachelorette. But like, it's the thing where you're like, oh, like I'm in the city and the possibilities are here and I allowed myself to do it. And it's like, it's decadence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Right. And then yeah. the creativity comes in, like, you know, we both live relatively close to San Francisco and it's yeah. like, maybe, you know, we like chocolate and we're like, huh, maybe I'll spend an entire day going from artisan chocolate place to artisan chocolate place doing like a whole tour or it could be anything. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you just get curious because I wouldn't have thought about artisan chocolates, but boy, that sounds delicious. Doesn't that sound fun? I just made that up, but I love <laughs> no, chocolate. You have to put so. that somewhere. Yeah. That sounds wonderful and delightful and so enchanting. And just also thinking about how you get to hear the stories of the people that either are working there or make the chocolate, or you're going to run into somebody that's done something really cool that you're just going to walk away with like, wow, exactly. how is that a job? Right. Yeah. It's like designing little field trips for ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And going beyond kind of the Julia Cameron, like artists date with yourself. Like this is, this, this seems 
Yeah. It's like a wonder date. (laughs) It's a wonder date. That's exactly right. That's one of the invitations in the book is to go on a wonder date. Let me tell you about one more because you are a Bay Area person. And if anyone is also a Bay Area person or will be visiting the Bay Area, there's something called the Camera Obscura out at the Cliff House in the Sutro Baths part of San Francisco. It's right next to Ocean Beach. And this whole building is, it says giant camera on the outside of this little building. And the, the building itself, the structure itself functions as a camera, as a pinhole camera. So you go into, you go inside. Have you ever heard of this? I have, I have not been there though. Okay. Yeah. So you go inside and it's pitch black and there's a disc, like a big white disc in the middle of the room and it's round and it's convex. So it looks kind of like a gigantic contact lens Mm -hmm. and it's white. And because of the hole in the roof and the mirror or whatever, like that's sort of like a camera, it projects all the things that are going on outside onto this white table, this convex table, and it's moving ever so slowly. What's outside is the ocean Mm -hmm. and the cliffs. So it's super beautiful and has this very dreamy quality because of just, you know, whatever, this weird sort of technology we're working with. (laughs) And it is one of the most wondrous things you'll ever see. It's like, it's so beautiful. It's so magical. And um, yeah, gosh, I could go. I'm a (laughs) nerd about this one for sure. Meet me at the giant camera and tell me. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, that sounds so magical. And just to delight in it and realize this is so simple and yet so, so amazing. Yeah, I will link up. I will find it and I will link up to how people can find it if they want to go visit it. Mm, yeah. Hmm. Well, I'm delighted about your book. Can you share where can people find it? When does it come out? Any and any other info about it that you want to to put out there for folks. Yeah. So it's available for pre-order right now. And what I just finished creating that I'm super excited about is a little book bonus where if you purchase the book, you can get this read along e-course with me where I'm reading parts of the book and I'm having, inviting people into some of the activities so we can do them in community and see each other's wonders of the day, whatever it is. And um, so I'm excited about that. If you go to Andrea Shear dot com slash book. You can find all the book bonuses and where to purchase the book and everything. Mm, That sounds fun. And if somebody wants to find you and the other things that you do as well, will you share your your website and your podcast and all of that too? Yeah. Again, andreashear.com. So A-N-D-R-E-A-S-C-H-E-R.com. You'll find the podcast and you will find my photography and yeah, any of the other things I'm up to. I, as you know, I'm also a coach and I've been leading these really beautiful circles since COVID started on zoom and I'm really digging it. And so I'm sure I'll be doing more of those sort of group coaching kind of things. Mm, Very cool. And then I know you answered this last time, but as your last question, what are three ways that you can think of to jumpstart joy in your life, in the world or in other people's lives? Oh gosh. Okay. Let's see. Or you could even do it with jumpstarting wonder if you want, because that's also so good. Right. Yeah, there's definitely like a a Venn diagram where joy and wonder are intersecting. And um, okay, so let's see here. So in that intersection, I would say, hang out with dogs, for Mm. sure. Go off script. Like we were talking about, notice what you do automatically, even how you drive, like where, what route you take, or 
what you do after you pick your kiddo up, like whatever it is, like just start to notice what are my default modes and how can I just go off script a little bit and shake things up? I think that that's a really interesting kind of experiment. Yeah. And the last one is just a fun activity from the book that I love. The next time you're at the grocery store, you're going to make it into a little field trip and find something that you, you don't recognize like, oh my God, this is a very unusual fruit. I have no idea what a Rambutan is or how you open it or how you get inside of it or what's inside of it. And, and have this like little mini adventure where you get to discover something new and taste something new. And like, I think those little ways are just like opening that wonder door mm. a little bit every day. Yeah. I love that. Oh, yes. And I am going to try a persimmon, which I've never had and don't understand. So there's oh, that. <laughs> yes. I've been um, bewildered by persimmons myself. Apparently there's a couple different kinds. And so you have to treat them differently. So oh. there's a whole skill set around it. <laughs> wow. Who knew? Yeah. <laughs> well, I have to look up what kind I've gotten and, and, and treat them accordingly. Exactly. <laughs> oh, uh, well, thank you so much for coming back, Andrea. And, and thank you for sharing your amazing book with us. It's been such a delight to have you on the show. Oh, thank you, Paula. It's always good to be with you. Andrea, thank you so much for being on this week. It is so much fun to talk to you. And I always feel so joyful and light and just in love with life when I get to talk to you. So thank you so much for joining me. If you want to find her amazing book, Wonder Seeker, 52 Ways to Wake Up Your Creativity and Find Your Joy, the links will be in the episode notes for this, which you can find on the website at jumpstartyourjoy.com or the deep link for that one is jumpstartyourjoy.com forward slash episode 299. Or just tap in your podcasting app if you're listening there and you'll see it linked in there as well. And if you're not yet following Jumpstart Your Joy in your app, please go ahead and do that. You can just search whichever your favorite podcasting app is, do a little search for Jumpstart Your Joy, and then hit the follow button. And then it'll just automatically get downloaded to your device each time there's a new episode out, which is the easiest way to do this. I highly encourage you to go find Andrea's book because I know you're going to love it. I will be back next week with another episode. I hope you'll return for that one. And until then, I hope that your days are filled with so much joy. Mm-hmm.